You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hello listeners, welcome to this week's episode. Uh, This week we are in WWDC limbo and that is because I am recording this show with Suffolk Pete uh, on the day before WWDC but of course it's highly likely that this show will not actually go out until after WWDC. So, uh, we're not going to talk too much about WWDC because we might look stupid. But, uh, (laughs) not that there's anything new in that, I'll be honest. Um, Never mind, I am joined by Suffolk Pete. Hello, Pete. Hello, how are you? I'm fine. And uh, you, I believe, are drowning your sorrows uh, with a fine pint of ale. Is that not so? I am indeed. Yes, (laughs) I am indeed. As some of you know, I'm a Spurs fan and... um... A, a small football game took place last night <laughs> but, um, in Madrid. And your boys didn't win? No, essentially. So, uh, yeah, and that's that's where I'd like to leave it. Yeah, we'll leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> we'll draw a veil over the whole sorry affair. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, of course, tomorrow is WWDC. So um, I suppose we're going to have to talk about it a bit, Pete. Um, yeah, yeah. And, of course, on the... Uh, the flip side of what you said, you know, you don't want to make yourself look silly. Of course, we could look like um, sages. Oh, well, we could, like of actually predicting what would come out. <laughs> yes, if we're, if we're right, yes, we will yeah. look incredibly clever. Um, yeah. Okay, well, of course, I suppose uh, the Mac Pro, the, uh, the fabled Mac Pro. The fabled, In yeah. fact, some people are saying that the fact that there is a unicorn on one of the invitations... Uh, <laughs> is in fact a reference to the Mac Pro. Um, yeah. Very amusing, of course. Uh, I think I'm going to lay my bingo cards on the table and say I would be very surprised if Apple don't at the very least talk about it. I'm pretty sure yeah. they're going to have to tell us something. I mean, they told yes. us it would be 2019. We're now yeah. effectively halfway through 2019. I'm pretty sure they're going to have to tell us you know about the Mac Pro. Yeah, um, yeah, and let's, and let's face it, their recent slew of updates on the Mac line and the MacBook line make the old 2013 Mac Pro look a little bit um, dated. <laughs> that's being generous, Pete. Yes, that's being very generous indeed. <laughs> yeah, um, it's starting to look quite slow, even compared to my 2017 iMac. That's right. It's you know, it's um, so we're. You know, we've been promised something modular. Um, exactly what Apple mean by modular, um, mm-hmm. nobody knows. Uh, we've postulated on this show before the idea of a sort of um, uh, stereo stacking system where, you know, with mm-hmm. uh, Mac mini type boxes that stack on top of each other. Yeah, um, yeah, nice. Lots of lots of people, of course, uh, deep down, I think a lot of pros would be quite happy with a return to the G5 cheese grater style. Just give yeah. us a big box with lots a of stuff in it. So we, we can put our own bits and pieces in. Indeed. 
Uh, I don't think we're going to get that because if they were going to do that, I don't think it would have taken them two years to come up with it. <laughs> no. And everyone would have said, oh, you're going backwards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Although actually that's not necessarily true, is it? No. Um, no. Yeah. You're, you're right. We had um, we have had a slew of MacBook uh, updates. Uh, the MacBook Pro, in fact, has had three revisions in a year, which is. Yeah. Um, which is almost unheard of. It's yeah. almost like saying uh, Apple saying, yeah, we got it wrong. Yeah. Actually, I, I suspect um, part of that was the original um, the yeah. original MacBook Pro uh, of this yeah. gen, as it were. Yeah, the was, 2016. Yeah, was was limited, wasn't it? To yes. uh, was it 16 meg of RAM? Um, yeah, and people it. were saying it didn't have the latest chips. Uh, I've got a feeling that that was a you know, as we've said before, a matter of Intel not delivering in the window that Apple needed. So they brought yeah. out that MacBook Pro um, and then they revised that MacBook Pro and then they've upgraded yeah. it to the newer, uh, you know, the newest processors and uh, yeah. up the RAM limit and so on. Yeah. Um, I, I think we've seen this before, haven't we, with um, uh, Intel's roadmap um, is different to Apple's um, roadmap or release schedule. Well, and, yeah, um, I, I think the thing is, a lot of other manufacturers basically they wait on the chips and then they make the machines. Um, you know, pe yeah. pe you know, big big PC box makers, uh, people like Asus and Acer and uh, Dell and Lenovo and those sort of people. I'm pretty sure they work around Intel, whereas Apple have their own yeah. cadence and um, they do. Yes, you know, they're not. Uh, Thing. So I, I think it would be highly unlikely not to hear about the Mac Pro. Um, have you got yeah. any? Have you got any sort of prognostications on what you think it might be like? Um, not really. Well, I'm, I'm kind of hoping it. They're really going to surprise us, and you know, it's going to be one of those. Wow, we didn't think of that, or you know, one of those. Wow, that's what you mean by modular. Yes, I, um, I think this is a, this this Mac Pro. Um, I've linked a piece here, actually, uh, from The Verge, which is the new Mac Pro is Apple's chance to make a PC. Um, yeah. I think they overstate their case in that piece, but it's it's worth a read. Um, and I did agree with a lot of it, and they are very much saying um, this Mac Pro has to be pretty bloody spectacular. Yes, because yeah, um, let's face it, the the recent releases of the Mac Mini, the iMac and the MacBook Pro um, their Geekbench scores are, are really fast, like um, over three thousand. You know, and the original and the current Mac Pro, the twenty thirteen, is you know in the um, in the fifteen thousand range, something like that. It was, um, or maybe it's hundred. But I mean, essentially, the latest iMacs will be twice as fast yeah. as a Mac Pro. Uh, yeah, it's just not tenable, is it? It's not. Um, so it's going to it's going to have to be a beast of a machine. People will whine yes. about the price of it, of course. Um, yep. But you know, if you want ultimate power, it's going to. I think it's going to probably need to be able to handle maybe as much as five twelve gig of RAM, and yeah. uh, I think it's going to have to have the ability to have some pretty serious um, graphics cards. Um, a lot of people, of course, are saying that Apple need to stop tying themselves to one graphics card. Um, yeah. At the minute, all their stuff is AMD. Uh, but some apps, of course, you know, are pitched heavily on NVIDIA. Uh, 
Adobe, I think, are pretty heavily uh, invested in the NVIDIA cards. So we shall see. Um, I'm yeah. hoping I'm hoping for something pretty special. I mean, not something I'd ever be buying, I'm sure. But um... <laughs> no, because I'm sure we'll have some like the the iMac uh, Pro, you know, which is a fantastic uh, is has a fantastic price tag as well. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, but then again, it, it, it's like Formula One, isn't it? Um, yeah. To some extent, you know, none of us are going to ever drive a Formula One racing car, <laughs> but. Big, you know, big manufacturers still pour money into Formula One because it's prestige. Um, yeah. And I, I think um, I think Apple really do need to win back the, the pro market. Yeah. They might be yeah. a very they might be a very small um, market proportionately. Hmm. But I, I think they're a very vocal and um, important market. And if you let it go, you just become another mid range manufacturer. Yeah, that's right. So they need, um, yeah, they need this. And uh, uh, yeah, I'm just looking at the um, Geekbench um, scores just to put it into perspective. So the iMac Pro from late 2017 will get you around about uh, 48,000 on Geekbench. And the latest releases of um, the Mac Mini and the iMac will put you around about 24,000 and 33,000 for the iMac and the fastest Mac Pro from 2013, which is a 12 core 2.7 gigahertz, is 27,000. So, yeah, it's not a very pro machine by modern standards. No, no, it's not. And the fact that you can buy an iMac Pro and, well, I mean, it does, it's got 18 cores. <laughs> um, the Mac Pro is, is really going to have to go some. Yeah. I believe so. Uh, so that's we're, we're hoping for that. Then we're hoping for that. Obviously, of course, they're going to talk about uh, iOS thirteen and uh, Mac OS ten fifteen. Um, not sure what's going. To, I, I have to say, um, I'm not really all that jazzed about the yearly Mac OS updates. No, no, I'm I'm glad you said that because uh, I found myself thinking earlier today that I quite like. It when um you know it came out every eighteen months the new OS and you had to pay thirty pounds for it. Well, I, um, they it used to basically come out whenever it came out. Some mm. sometimes it would be a long time. You know, um, I seem to remember Tiger um mm. ten point four being around yeah. for a very long time. Yeah. Um, before Leopard came out, and then Leopard wasn't out that long, and then it was Snow Leopard, and then I, I feel like Snow Leopard was around for a long time. Um, yeah, yeah, because you had to have Snow Leopard to um, have the App Store, and it, everything was made. We used that as a baseline, didn't we, Snow yes. Leopard? Snow Leopard was the kind of beginning of the new era, if you like, because it was, you know, Snow was, Leopard Snow Leopard, uh, and Up is the the... The sort of second era of OS ten, if you like. Uh, yeah, that's kind of how I view it, anyway. Yeah, yeah, um, no, that's right. I, I, I think this might be a bit controversial, and a lot of people might throw their hands up in horror. But I actually think uh, Microsoft have got it right with Windows now. Mm. Into you know that they've they've done away with this sort of huge, uh, you know, monolithic app, um, you know, OS updates, mm. and they now just roll out updates every you know a bunch of updates every three or four months um, yeah it's like a rolling release it's just windows 10 and that's it and it has a build number and that's that's yeah and yeah um i mean we, 
with iOS, whether we like it or not, I think Apple have tied themselves to a yearly release because of the whole iPhone carnival. Um, as it carnival, were. yes. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a good word for it, yes. <laughs> when, when the new... You know, when the new iPhones are released, which are, you know, now well established to be a you know, September yearly event. Yeah. Um, everybody expects there to be a new OS to go with them. And I don't think Apple could stop doing that. I, I just think it would be a, probably be a PR disaster. Mm. Um, but the, the Mac itself is, you know, it's not it's not that sort of market, is it? No. You know, no. you, you buy um, a Mac because you want a Mac. I don't. I don't think we need these yearly trumpeted. Oh, here's a complete new OS. Uh, you know, I think sometimes they fix one bunch of things and introduce an, another load because I don't know what nine months to rework the OS every year is. That's yeah. that's a tough deadline. You know, I it think is. you're just you're just yeah. setting yourself up to get tripped up. That's yeah, and I'm not. I'm not sure it's uh, it's even necessary. You know, no, I don't think it's necessary. I, I think the Mac OS could be. I think they should just drop it and they should just call it Mac OS and then, you know, like Windows 10 or Mac OS 10 if they must, and then just roll out updates as they're ready. Um, yeah. And on Tuesday, you will be seen as a some sort of soothsayer after Uncle Tim announces that. <laughs> Well, if that's true, I will most likely eat my hat. But there we yeah. go. Um, yeah. Of course, it's rumoured pretty strongly now. Quite a lot of evidence has been come to the fore that uh, iTunes is likely to uh, yeah. be taken round the back of the barn uh, <laughs> and shot. Um, yes. <laughs> Uh, it served its purpose and yeah. be yeah replaced with a, a bunch of new um mm -hmm. new applications uh whether that will be good or bad is yet to be seen of course uh yeah itunes yeah. is a strange thing because it started off as music and yeah. then, you know then it became something else then it became a hub yeah um, then it became like a management tool then they shifted most of that away from itunes um I must admit, I have not. I do my best not to open iTunes. Um, <laughs> in fact, if it accidentally starts opening, I'm usually on there, force quitting it before it loads. Oh, um, really? Okay. Oh, oh I, I'm still an enthusiastic user of iTunes. Um, well, I, it, yeah, I don't play music from my Mac very much. Um, yeah. I don't use the music app on the, you know, on my phone. I have a different player. Mm -hmm. I have a studio player. Um, right. I don't. You know, I don't subscribe to Apple Music. Uh, I'll be no. honest. What what times I do have to short periods to listen to a bit of music is often in my car. And I'll be yeah. honest, uh, I usually listen to either classic rock radio or yeah. um, absolute eighties. All right, yeah, uh, absolute rock. Yeah. I think it's called, which is a yeah. cl classic rock yeah. station, and um, yeah. absolute eighties. Um, so, will that help? I don't know. I mean, I I think it's Podcasting definitely should have its own piece. I don't think it will hurt to have a music app like on iOS. Mm -hmm. um, and um, we shall see, I guess, what happens with that. Um, and, of course, there was a lot of rumours about that, wasn't there, Pete, that these these um, iTunes was going to be broken up and into marzipanified. Yes, um, marzipanified, yeah. But um, apparently, you know, the word... Um, amongst the, you know, Cognizetti is that that is not what is happening. Um, they will be actual Mac apps. So we shall okay. see. We yeah, shall we see. shall see. Uh, we... Yeah, no, I, I love sitting in front of my 
iTunes library and cataloging things and getting the um, yeah all the um, uh, the artwork together. In fact, um, I got quite disappointed when Apple started supplying the artwork because uh, <laughs> but there's still some tracks you can't find artwork for. So I go and do that myself, and then I add lyrics to my favourite ones. And yeah, it's um it's like. Uh, music for geeks i guess yeah well i would hope um even though i'm not a big user i would hope that um if they if they do a music app that the music app it, it would go back to itunes roots and be mm. like oh, the original you know the original itunes where itunes uh, was basically it's basic a, a database for your for your you know for your music that's right yes um yeah and yeah, that they return to that and split off, you know, podcasts should, well, they they already split off podcasts, I think, didn't they? But, um, yeah. I don't use, the, I don't use the Apple podcast app. Um, I'm an overcast man myself. Overcast. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, uh, then of course we're almost, well, guaranteed, I would say, I did, this is if you were a betting man, you'd, uh, say it was probably an odds on favorite. We're going to hear about codename marzipan. Yeah. Um, yeah, which you know makes sense. We need, yeah. um, I guess, down the line, we're going to have one OS, and it will run on your iPad, your iPhone, and uh, your Mac. Well, Apple keeps and, saying and... no, don't they? They keep saying that's not going to happen. But I just think, mm. I, I think it's almost inevitable. Mm-hmm. In the end, I personally think that yes, that is going to happen. Also, I think part of the whole marzipan thing at the minute is just to try and draw more people to the mat. Um, yeah. Developers, yes, you know, developers. Yeah, yeah. There's, you know, so many iOS developers. Um, my biggest fear, uh, I think, the thing that a lot of people are worried about is that these marzipan apps will become just like a slew of widgets, um, poorly. Mm poorly ported across from ios um yeah yeah we don't want that we don't want that at all because that would just yeah um that would be bad um i think that's what a lot of people are are afraid of um but again we we, only time will tell um developers are an amazing lot and they Mm. do things that apple um and the rest of us probably never envisaged they just let things go and see what happens um and I've got a link for that one as well. Apple Marzipan will bring the iPhone apps to your Mac. Everything you should know on from CNET, that is. So yeah. um, that's, uh, that's in the show notes if anybody wants to read that. Um, well, we'll move on from that now, I think. That's enough about that. Um, I, I saw this one. This one caught my eye. An original Apple One built into a briefcase sold for nearly uh, half a million dollars on, on TechCrunch. Um, well, of course, uh, yes. yeah, it was hand built by uh, Steve Wozniak. Oh, was it indeed? Oh, I yeah. didn't read that bit. Um, I mean, Apple ones wow. always fetch ludicrous amounts of money. Um, yes, you know, uh, there we go. It's uh, £371,260 uh, at Christie's, uh, inside a leather briefcase complete with a built in keyboard. Um, why is it in a briefcase? Because the Apple One did not come with a case. Uh, well, no, yeah. you got bored and uh, you had to build yeah. it yourself. Yeah. Um, I remember uh, at school when I was in the sixth form and the Apple One had just been launched, a friend of mine uh, very much wanted to get one. Um, I don't know if he ever did because I think they were about £2,000 at the time. Yeah. 
but um, there we go. So yes, that that one's interesting. I didn't realise that one was built by uh, Steve Wozniak though. But yeah, um, yeah, and and the uh, the picture that accompanies it shows it with a tiny little portable yeah monitor and a cassette player. Yep. Of course, because yeah, we all <laughs> needed cassette players back then, didn't we, to play? I mean, you've seen, you, you tell the young folks of today that and they won't believe you. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> I, can, I can barely believe it myself that we um, used to sit there playing cassettes full of code into <laughs> our computers. And then after the, uh, at the end, it used to say a uh, bad read or something. <laughs> yeah. and you had to start again. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh dear. Yes, we remember that. And what else has it got? Well, it looks like that's possibly a modem, and, and is that some sort of little printer? I'm not sure. There's only about sixty-eight um, of these known still to be in existence. existence. Yeah. Um, right. This specific Apple One was owned by Rick Conti, who bought it to learn how to program in BASIC. Mm. Um, he donated it to the Maine Personal Computer Museum in 2009, after which it was sold to a, a series of private owners. Um, right. Original manuals, magazines, assortment of compatible hardware, a dot matrix printer, rare photocopies of some of the Apple founding paperwork, and more. Well, um, half a million quid or half a yeah. million dollars nearly is uh, a lot to pay to uh, say you've owned one. But uh, maybe, maybe in a weird way, you could see the uh, you know the birth of the power book in that one. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It looks like the keyboard on there wouldn't have any of the uh, the butterfly keyboard problems. No, I think uh, yeah, I think there's probably a lot of travel in that. It's probably I think there is, yes. it's probably even a clickety clackety uh, mechanical sprung switch uh, keyboard. It probably is. Yeah. Um. Well, of course, the other thing that happened this week, Pete, Apple released a new iPod Touch. Um. Yeah, and it's one of those products that you know when I hear that, I think iPod Touch, does anyone still use those? But clearly they do. Well, we have to assume that they sell enough to be worth, yeah. um, you know, updating it. Um, this one's moved up to the A10 Fusion, which I mm-hmm. think comes from the iPhone 7, I'm thinking. Yeah, I think um, so. Or the, yeah. uh, it's, it's the same chip that's in, yeah. the, in the cheapest iPad. Right. Um, and it comes in, I think, if I recall, 32 gig. 128 gig and 256 gig um but the prices are basically 200 quid 300 quid and 400 quid Mm. um yeah bit steep yeah personally i'd buy an iphone but well my thought was that if you're going to go for the mid one Mm. um yeah, because thirty-two gig seems a bit stingy. I think they should have it done does. a they should have done a sixty-four as a starter. Yeah. I think, um, especially at sort of two hundred quid. Um, yeah. But if you're going to go for the mid middle one, you're paying nearly as much as an iPad, the basic yeah. iPad. Um, yeah. I don't know. It just well, I guess it. <laughs> they must know who is going to buy these things and what you know what yeah. configs sell. Uh, it yeah. just seemed a little pricey to me going up against the the, the cheapest iPad. Um, there we are. Um, this this one, yeah. It, yeah. This next one is Apple are expected to remove the 3D touch from all the 2019 iPhones in favour of haptic touch. Um, yeah. Now I've got the uh, the 10R iPhone 10R, which uh-huh. doesn't doesn't yeah. have 3D touch. Uh, yeah. That has haptic touch in it. Um, yeah. 
my view on on that is I think I can see exactly why they're doing that. Um, you know, cool and uh, nerdy and all the other things that 3D touch was or mm. is. I suspect it's uh, complicated. Yeah. To, uh, yep. I suspect it's expensive. Yeah. I suspect the hardware, you know, required to do it is expensive. And it never really became a thing. No, that's right. I, I would imagine most iPhone users don't even know what we're talking about. I. Yeah, there are people who absolutely love it, and there are people yeah. who, I mean, like me, who barely used it. Um, I had yeah. 3D Touch yeah. on my, um, you know, my iPhone uh, 8, 7, I yeah. can't remember. Yeah. Anyway, I had, so, yeah. <laughs> ugh, I, I forget <laughs> yeah. when it came. You forgot. Yeah, I, I had, I had, um, yeah, it was the 7, I think. I had the, I, uh, I had the 3D Touch on that and barely used it. Um, the haptic touch does basically the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say that this is probably, um, you know, a market research feedback led and cost driven change. Mm. I suspect that technology, um, you know, is what went into the iPad pros. So it wasn't wasted. Um, I just think it's probably overkill in your phone. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, this is only rumored, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. But- no, I think it's um, and also I think this may be tied into the fact that um, we may be going back to the uh, biometric um, uh, opening your phone with a fingerprint. If other rumours are to be um, uh, from what I've believed, what I've <clears throat> sorry, what what I've read about that um, is that the in-screen fingerprint uh, sensor, if if such yeah. a thing comes to pass. Will not yeah. be replacing Face ID. It will be added as a. That's right. Yeah. As yeah. a so secondary, I, uh, you know, authentication. Um, yeah, I think uh, from what I read, it was described as the holy grail of a biometric ID was Face ID with a fingerprint. Right. And that means that essentially it's um, uh, it's as secure as it can be because oh, I'd have thought. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You won't just be able to show the phone to somebody's face to unlock it. You will need their warm um, fingerprint as well. Talking about the iTunes, um, and this has been put forward. This was on Mac Rumors, this piece, but it's it's on mm-hmm. several sites. Apple have wiped the iTunes pages on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. Um, they have basically, apparently, taken all the uh, posts, which are about 10 years worth, apparently, and moved them to the Apple mm. TV page. Oh, they've actually. Oh, I see. I didn't realise that. They'd, uh, I just read the headline and mm. thought um, that just shows it's going away. But uh, they've actually just moved them. Mm. So I'm not, you know, I'm not sure what that means. But I, I guess that pretty much means iTunes is. Mm. Even if iTunes as a as um, maybe whether it's broken mm. up or whatever they do, I yeah. suspect it's getting renamed yeah. if nothing else yes yeah yeah um, no i think that's you know i think the whole i this that and the other is you know apple have very much started dropping that haven't they i mean yeah you know, um the iphone and the ipad i think you know they're never going to change those but um you know they went from itunes to apple music we've got the apple yeah. watch they're, they're going very much for apple instead i think these days uh, they are, aren't they? Even though some people online, I'd notice, um, still call the uh, the Apple Watch the iWatch. But, yeah, <laughs> but, 
But that should be the ITV, surely. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, we we run into problems over here in the UK. Well, with, that's uh, exactly uh, why you know when called ITV. <laughs> when people when people were originally were saying, oh, it's going to be called the ITV, and when it came out it was the Apple TV, a lot of people said, well, of course they couldn't use ITV because they, no. yes, it's a big uh, TV corporation in uh, in the UK. Um, so there we go. And uh, to go along with this, um, the other thing that's happened is they have increased the cellular download limit for your iPhone uh, from 150 megabytes to 200 megabytes. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, moving with the times, I guess. Um, I, yes, I think some people have uh, read stuff into that. You know, is that to, you know, to um, help possibly with Apple Arcade or um, mm. News Plus? But I suspect it is in part simply moving with the times because we all know, you know, over time software gets bigger. Yeah. And yeah. of course, um, as well as that, you know, more and more people have more and more bandwidth. Um, I don't think yeah. there are that many people who are so constrained on their mobile data plan that they would, you know, really be that worried about 50. I mean, wasn't it? Didn't it start off at something like 64 megabytes? When they, I can't, I can't remember, but it was. It's been growing. It just. It's yeah. been growing over time. Um, there we I are. I must admit, I'm. I'm still a bit old school. I still tend to do my updates when I'm at home, especially if I know it's a big update. Like uh, I've got, um, and, and don't laugh at this. I've still got a dedicated SatNav app on my iPhone, and its last update was seven hundred and. 676 megabytes so yeah. i waited until i was at home before i <laughs> that did that. One down yeah yeah i um no i have a sat nav app actually i yeah. um i have um nav me i believe it's called mm -hmm. it's had several names but um yeah i have a i have a sat nav app um not because i dislike apple maps per se but um actually yeah it looks like that's what my one's called nav me yeah yeah yeah. Um, although I must admit, I never use it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I yeah, I do use it. I do use it. Um, not so much now because my new car has um has sat nav, you know, built in along with the hmm. CarPlay and all the other yeah lovely shiny shenanigans. Uh, okay. Well, actually, uh, we're straying off the point a bit here, but I have to say, I barely use the CarPlay. Um, I find it somewhat irritating to be honest, and um, my old car. They've put lots of controls on the iPad esque screen in the in the right. console, yeah. Um, which actually, when you're driving, is a lot less helpful than being able yeah. to adjust the temperature of the aircon by twiddling a knob. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. I used to just reach over to my, you know, to my right hand side and turn the dial a little bit up or down. Now you have to yeah. tap on it and go to a screen, and it's not. Yeah, you know, and look at it. Yeah, uh, not I'm. Um, much as I love my new car, um, I do not think that that is actually a step forward. Um, having no. sat nav that uh, you know can display on the dash next to your speedo and whatnot is is nice, but the actual CarPlay type thing is um, less than ideal. Well, the good thing I have got, of course, is I I've got DAB radio, which is how come I can listen to uh, yes. absolute eighties and and whatnot. Yes. That yes. is quite nice. But right, in, in fact, I, I'm I'm not sure how. Manufacturers still get away with selling cars without DAB, to be honest. Um, mm. I was an early DAB adopter, and I've had DAB in my car since 2004. But I've mostly, for the first 10 years, I had to plug in um, adapters and the like 
but my last two cars have had dab built in but you you can still buy cars without dab yeah well i mean my last my last car didn't have dab um mm. and that wasn't you know that wasn't that old a car mm. um there we are uh, and, and the government keeps changing its mind about yes. when they're going to get rid of um fm and i am um and i am yeah will they will they ever actually do such a thing no i, mean, I think they've got a couple of other things on their plate at the moment <laughs> yeah, they might they might have one or two things to uh, occupy their minds yeah. yeah i think that's on the back burner <laughs> <laughs> yeah right yeah i think you you could be right um there we go uh well shall we uh tech stories um not a lot of tech stories uh, this week. Um, Huawei's CEO said China should not punish Apple. Um, mm. And there was there was quite a lot of chatter about this. I personally, um, my view, you know, purely my personal view, is um, a lot of articles have been pitching it as if uh, Huawei uh, and Apple are in some way, you know, enemies. Um, and I don't think that's true at all. No. No, I, I don't no. think, uh, I mean, the chairman of uh, Huawei is in fact himself a huge Apple fan, apparently. Mm. Um, he also, I think, is quite aware that maybe in China, Huawei might be, you know, rivals to Apple. But I think they're much more, uh, you know, competing with people like Xiaomi and Samsung and possibly Sony because mm. they're in they're in the Android sphere. So, yeah. That's right. Um, I I don't think they really feel that they're deli- you know directly they're certainly not enemies in in any no. way shape or form. And the other thing is, of course, the whole blacklisting thing, as we were talking about last week. You know, that's incredibly complicated. The the high tech industry is incestuous, really. Yeah, yeah. You can't say highway that uh, one company is uh, a Chinese company or you know a UK or US or company because they all inter. Yeah, uh, they, they all interlink. And they're they, all interlinked, don't they? You know, they rely on each other. You know, Huawei make laptops, and uh, so they need. You know, they buy Windows from uh, obviously mm. from Microsoft. They use Qualcomm um, mm. modems, the same as pretty much everybody else. They have. You know, they make a lot of their own bits, but they don't by any shake of the imagination make all their own stuff. Um, so I yeah. think you know the the. the the chair of Huawei is not an idiot, quite obviously, and um, no. I'm sure he's quite aware that you know any sort of um, extended trade war is just going to damage the whole industry. Um, yeah, yeah, quite. It, it would be a and... massive, you know, it would be a massive hammer blow to the whole infrastructure that powers Samsung, Apple, Huawei, you know, all of them. It'd be a, a, a massive blow. Um, and probably far beyond high tech. I mean, you know, you start moving out into cars and all sorts of things because everything's everything's powered by silicon these days. Yeah, that's right. And as you say, it's it's part of a bigger picture. And you know, if the US, uh, if Donald Trump is starting trade wars with people and going for a protectionist type environment where he builds you know, walls around the country, then, you know, it's a two-way street that uh, that gets blocked, not just. Yeah, exactly. You know. You know, <laughs> there we are. Um, right. Uh, well, talking about laptops, I'm going to jump forward a little bit here. Obviously, it was um, Computex 2019 this week. Mm. Uh, for those who are into, you know, uh, following what other <laughs> com- 
computer companies and Apple might be doing. Um, and I've got a link here. Laptops are getting weird and wonderful again. Uh, and this is from The Verge. And um, there were some very interesting things um, at Computex, I have to say. Um, the the oh. one that caught my eye, um, and there's a lot of the usual stuff. There's 5G laptops and uh, yeah. all sorts of uh, things like that. Um, I think it was HP had one, which was a wooden laptop. <laughs> Which sounds amusing because it makes you think that what yeah. is it? Is it clockwork? Is it like yeah, yeah. you know? Is it like um? Is it like a steampunk thing with you know? <laughs> but um, no, it's a wooden case. Um, a wooden case, which I I guess as we were saying before yeah. the show, it in some ways that seems green. Um, and I suppose it, there's no reason the case shouldn't be made out of wood if that's what you like. Mm-hmm. On the green, on the green sort of eco side, I'm not sure how um, you know friendly, planet friendly, um, using tropical hardwood, which I'm assuming is what they're yeah. using, because you're not going to make it out of Scots pine, are you? No, no, they've made it out. Well, there's various finishes, but there's um, natural walnut, white birch, natural silver, and pale birch. Hmm. All right. So I mean, it looks nice, but um, so again, are they? I I didn't really dig into it too deeply. Are yeah. they? Are they machined out of wood, or are they just? Veneered? I think it's a laminate. Yeah, it looks like it's a laminate. Over. Right. I mean, really, if you want a green laptop, then just keep using your existing one <laughs> until it, until it stops until it, working until it finally gives up the ghost. Yeah, the one That's that. Right. That, yeah, the the one that intrigued me the most is actually a concept piece. It's not um, it's not an actual uh, real uh, item as yet, and it's uh, Intel's twin uh, honeycomb glacier concept. Mm. Um, yeah, it's and yeah, I think you need to see the pictures. You to, need to see the, the pictures. So yeah, yeah. We, there are links. Um, if you imagine opening your laptop, uh. Instead of the keyboard being uh, near the hinge, like all modern laptops are, with the palm rest in front, mm-hmm. um, they've returned in this to the keyboard in the front club, which is a real thing, yeah. by the way. There is a whole bunch of people out there who believe that the keyboard should actually be at the front, like they really? were in some okay. of the earliest uh, earliest laptops. I don't um, know why I'm surprised at that. Um well, I think now that laptops are much thinner than the earlier yeah. ones, I can see yeah. how that would work. Because let's face it, you know, your keyboard on your desk does not have palm rests in front of it, which you no, have to put your hands no, on. True. Part of the reason that putting your palms on the laptop um, with the keyboard towards the hinge, I think, became a thing is um, if you actually have your laptop on your lap, mm. um, it helps stop the damn thing tipping over. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, on the desk, I'm not necessarily 100% convinced that that actually is necessary. It's become the, you know, the de facto way we make them. But there are people who say the keyboard should actually move back to the front. Um, the problem with that, of course, is you can't have your mighty trackpad. Um, no. Anyway, so imagine you've opened your laptop and where your palm rests are is now the keyboard. And the space where your keyboard is, is a screen. Mm. And then you have your traditional laptop screen in the lid. And there is a second hinge between the keyboard and the lower screen, if you will. Yeah, yeah, that, and, uh, that describes it nicely. Yeah, and then the lower screen can be angled upwards. 
um, yeah. thus lifting your main screen up, which ergonomically is not a bad thing, we must no. say. Um, yes. And then there is a large, you know, screen, a uh, touch screen, of course, um, which can be used to do any number of various things. Uh, they're, you know, on here, they've got it showing you can have other apps in there. You can have various yeah. things, calculators and widgets and whatnot. Uh, my immediate thought was on a laptop, you know, in my in my field, you could have your work on the top screen and all the damn pallets on the lower screen. Yeah, yeah um, good which, idea. Which would be nice. Um, it's a concept. Actually, as concepts go, I really rather like it. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I do as well. Is this in the concept? Is this second smaller screen? Is that touch sensitive? Yes, it's. Okay. A, I believe touch. it's a touch screen. Yes. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah, yes, it's like Apple's Touch Bar, but uh, yeah, as somebody bigger. as somebody described it, I think it was on the Verge cast, uh, but much bigger and actually useful. And actually useful, yes. yes. <laughs> um, yeah. And they also had another concept called the Twin Rivers. Um, I'm not sure what that one was. There was a lot of um, a lot of stuff. It's actually quite nice to see um, some new ideas. It is, yes. I mean, whether yeah. whether they will catch on, whether they will take. I mean, the other one, um, was it last year? They had one where there were two screens which slid out from the laptop lid. Um, yeah, I, yeah last fun. year there was yeah. one where you had your main screen and then there were two smaller screens, effectively half the size of the main screen, which slid out of the lid so that you had then a you know a three pane um, a three pane right. screen. Gotcha. Um, yeah. A lot of people were laughing at that, but yet again, we know people like more screen. We've yeah. always, you know, you can never have too much screen. It would seem. Um, so anyway, that's yeah, nice to see. I just think because there are reasons sometimes why why uh, you know a, a, a format becomes the the standard and how everything is done. But every so often, I think as technology changes, somebody will suddenly go, well, hang on, you know, why are we doing it? Like, we don't have to do that anymore. That's right. Yeah. Um, now, I like some of the uh, the concepts that are, uh, are on this, uh, the Verge article. Um, yeah. And just because we've done something one way for the last, uh, I don't know, 30 odd years doesn't mean we have to keep on doing it. Yeah. And as you say, we can't get enough screen real estate. Um, um, the other, so, yeah. There's another Let's one. See on if any of them catch on. There's another one. The Asus ZenBook Pro Duo uh, foreshadows a multi-screen future. That's a video. Um, so there we go. Some interesting ideas. Uh, whether they will catch on, who can say? I I actually like the idea of that honeycomb thing. Um, I like that a lot. Uh, yeah, it looks good. Um, uh, one, you know, one of the. Um, one of the, uh, again, I think it was on the Verge cast when they were talking about it. One of the guys said, well, actually, if you, you know, if you ever try to use your laptop um, on an aircraft, uh, you know, you can never actually get the screen tipped back because it bangs up against the seat in front. Yeah. So with this, you would, you would, because the screen is that much closer to you. If yeah. you lift it up vertically, um, your own, your laptop, you know, your screen is only a keyboard depth. It's effectively halfway down the laptop body. There it we go. Is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, and will Apple be rolling that out um, at WWDC? <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. Although, you know, uh, I. <laughs> if they do, you heard it here first. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
I ha- I do have to say though, I it's a lot better than some of the weird concepts you see that you look at and you just think that'll never catch on. Hmm. I I could actually see that being you know becoming a thing. Um, yeah, actually useful. There we are. Um, and what else have we got? Apparently, Facebook's engagement is sinking with no end in sight, according to Mashable. Um, yeah. Apparently, over the last few years, the average user's engagement per day or something, is, or per week or whatever, has gone down mm. by like three minutes or something. Um, time, yeah, the average time spent by users in the US, um, yes, it's been, they're losing ground to Instagram and Snapchat. Um, well, I don't suppose they care that much about Instagram. They own Instagram. No, no, quite. <laughs> they yeah. own Instagram. But um, yes, I suppose yeah. it is, I'm sure from Facebook's point of view, that is a troubling statistic that their engagement is dropping um, because you cannot stay king of the hill if people start to lose interest. Yeah, quite. And with, uh, I think various people have uh, uh, predicted that Facebook's time is. Uh, is limited because there are other social uh, networks that the young people are using rather than Facebook and Facebook is the thing that, you know, their parents use. So obviously they don't want to use it. Yep. That is that we've talked about that before, you know, Facebook is no longer cool with the uh, up and coming generation. It's uh, probably going to end up being, you know, the old folks social network. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Ah, Yeah. Right. Um, and that's pretty much it, really, Pete. Um, yeah, yeah, it's been, it's been a bit of a quiet week, but um, we will see what uh, WWDC DC. brings tomorrow. Yes, so, you know, when we come back next week, we will know all about what Apple have had to say. Um, oh. I will skim over the security and privacy, or what we're likely to rename who did what now. Um Older versions of Windows apparently have a critical vulnerability and should be updated as soon as possible. Um, really? Is that even news? I mean, mm, well, it's us something we don't know. Well, I think it's news in the fact that this is apparently critical, a critical vulnerability. Right. Um, and mm. Microsoft are saying if you're you know, on older builds, you need to update um, and you need to do it now. Um, right. One password um, for the Mac has been updated with easier and smarter drag and drop password functionality. So um, all of you 1Password users, um, there's a new update for you. Mm-hmm. Um, Flipboard, uh, which is a news aggregator um, app, I believe, um, their database has been hacked exposing users' account information, um, including lots of things that you probably don't want people to know, like possibly your password and your login information and various other things um and what else uh that's not good um the cto of wicker um has said that slack whatsapp snapchat and the uh uk government's ghost protocol are all security risks um to some extent well of course he does because he wants you to buy into wicker yeah um which is a sort of more secure slack uh aimed at enterprises by the way right not, not it's not yeah. really aimed at average users um no. there we go <laughs> what a surprise um it's an interesting read and most of what he says is true i have to say he's basically says that uh wicker uh has uh, end-to-end encryption so that even they don't know what uh, trans, you know, what goes through 
the application uh, where he says that's not true of the others. Um, and the ghost protocol, um, the ghost protocol, I've got a, another story on that um, from Digital Trends. Tech companies and security experts pan the UK's encryption backdoor proposal. Um which is known as Ghost Protocol. Um, and this is a pretty scary and unpleasant uh, suggestion by our government. Thank you very mm. much. Who know bloody... You know nothing, Jon Snow. Um, the idea is that they want the ability for an end-to-end -end encrypted uh, conversation to be able to have another end added, i.e. for the lawful, uh, you know lawful people to access it by tapping into it and receiving the same messages as the you know uh and of course the tech companies have said if you do that then you've basically broken the whole the whole thing yeah and um uh, so that's something that uh, you know if you're in the uk and you don't like that idea you should probably be writing to your mp who won't pay any attention because they've got too many other things to worry about yeah like yeah. who you know how can they manage to make themselves leader of whatever party it is? Um, <laughs> there's, there's one one last thing I wouldn't mind mentioning under the um, uh, worth a chirp. It's the uh, the any what USB C MagSafe adapter. Yes, for, that is the you know, which ties in nicely with keeping your uh, laptop going for as yeah. long as possible, rather uh, than buying yeah. a wooden one. Very um, much, yeah. <laughs> this. For, Twenty and twenty-two dollars. It's a, a little adapter that will plug into USB-C, and then you can plug in your old uh, MacBook uh, MagSafe uh, one and two chargers. Yes, it's. Um, I don't have any USB-C powered devices, but I do have quite a lot of old MagSafe uh, chargers laying around. Yeah. Um, and annoyingly, my current laptop is MagSafe two, and all my old ones yeah. are MagSafe one. So I need right. to get them. Um, my yes, the uh, the any what USB C MagSafe adapter, which uh, apparently because it's USB C, can also be used to uh, you know charge any USB C device. Hey, so um, you can effectively mm. you know repurpose your old MagSafe Apple MagSafe adapters. Yeah, um, yeah. and of course add Mag MagSafe to your USB C device. Yeah, yeah, um, and alternatively, yeah. you can buy a wooden laptop. Yeah. <laughs> I um my only my only thought about that was it it's not the neatest looking thing is it it's no, a bit of a no, you've got a cable you know a short cable with yeah. a box that you then a, plug a, it into a small box yeah it would yeah. it would have been nicer if it was more like a tip I would have thought that you put into yeah. your USB C um but there you go it's it's still a thing and um if I had any USB C devices I might well be buying one um. There we yeah, are. Yeah, because at twenty-two dollars, quite reasonably priced. It is. Yes, that's very that's very reasonably yeah. priced. Some of those things are, you know, often you think how much tech goes into converting one power tip to another. You know, is it mm. really worth forty-five dollars or fifty dollars? There we are. Uh the other worth of chirp is Alfred Four brings dark mode, rich text expansion, and more to the powerful Mac OS productivity app. So again, uh, Alfred users are getting an update, which is nice. Um, yeah. Are you? Cool. Are you? A, you know? Are you a user of Alfred? 
No, no, no nor am I. I. I have looked at it. Um, it, yeah. it doesn't do anything for me. But people who use it are, you know, a bit like Quicksilver. People who use yeah. that are or very, te- very... and something like that. Yeah, those kind of things. I think they either yeah. they either really work for you or yeah. they just don't. Um, yeah. And that doesn't make them good or bad. If they work for you, brilliant. And if they don't, then don't use it. Simple as that, really. Uh, what else? I think there's one last thing I want to do, just a snippet. Um, this is an Indian um, newspaper report, mm-hmm. which says um, the IISC team confirmed breakthrough in superconductivity at room temperature. Um mm. I think you might have to take some of it with a pinch of salt. It's not really a hundred percent confirmed, but right, okay. Um, so it's not it's not a peer reviewed. Um... Uh, well, it is. It, it they're saying it, and they are then talking about um, sending out um, samples or instructions okay. for how to create the samples for other. So they're not saying we've done this, and uh, you have to believe us. They are uh, apparently okay. preparing Fair to enough. share it with other teams. Um, because they believe that it's a breakthrough. Um, and of course, as we were talking, I was talking to John Chigi, we were talking about superconductivity. And as he said, you know, room temperature or at least sort of no cooler than you could produce with reasonable yeah. refrigeration. So yes. sort of minus 20 degrees C or the like yeah. is the holy grail. Um, it is, isn't it? So Super. might be one to keep an eye on. Uh, yeah, the yeah. link is in the link is in there, and it's from a newspaper I believe called The Hindu or a news site. Um, I, yeah, again, some of these things turn out not to be what they promise, but um, worth. I thought it was worth just mentioning in passing, and I think that's probably about it, Pete. Yeah, I think that really. Yeah. Um, Looks like we're done. Yeah. Um, I haven't got the link. I was going to just say uh, also a snippet. Um, I read an article. Uh, I can't remember where it was, but I'll try and dig it up and put it in the just the snippets. Uh, scientists prove that dark mode does not help you read or focus better. <laughs> Thank you. Thank oh, you. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. If you like dark mode, it's fine. But people spout all this pseudo scientific guff about why it's better, and I'm yeah, I've never been convinced by that. If you like the dark mode, Same fine. Here. I yeah. don't like it. That's you know, give me platinum, grey, and white all the time. But if you like the reversed out kind of look, good for you. But don't tell me it's because it helps you focus better. <laughs> <laughs> right, and on that controversial note, I'll get hate mail now. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we will. I guess we should just wrap up. So, uh, yeah, no, Pete, that's cool. Anything you want to, uh, you know, tell the listeners? Uh, no, just uh, as they say on the Mac Geek app, don't get caught. Jolly good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you are on the Twitter occasionally, very occasionally, aren't you? Um, yeah. Talking occasionally about beer or football. Um, yeah. And you are at Herm Boy, and that's H-E-R-M-B-O-Y. And uh, I am, of course, on the Twitter as at Serenak, and that's S-E-R-E-N-A-K. Um, the show is at Essential Apple. Um, all our stuff is on the EssentialApple.com. Thank you to all the slackers in the Slack room uh, who drum up stories for us. Thank you to all the people who support us. And uh, we will be back next week. Uh, where no doubt it will be all about WWDC. Uh, See you then. Bye. Bye. 
You've been listening to the Essential Apple Podcast. And I'd like to say if you enjoy the show and would like to support us, feel free to go over to the website essentialapple.com and you will find links to both Patreon and the Pinecast Tips Jar where you can make a donation towards the costs of the show. Uh, Or even if you're really keen, you could set up a recurring payment. And thank you very, very much to all the people who already do support us. We really do appreciate you very much indeed. This show is, of course, part of the My Mac Podcasting Network, where you can find a variety of other shows like the My Mac Podcast with Guy and Gaz, the G-Men, Tech Fan with Tim and David, the Nintendo Club podcast, the geekiest show ever, the Three Geeky Ladies, uh, Bart Bouchotts and his wonderful Let's Talk Apple, and possibly some more that I've forgotten. So why not go over to mymac.com, take a look at the available podcast, and take a listen. Hello and good evening. This is Gaz for the MyMac Podcast. And we know you have your pick of high-quality downloadable audio content, and we appreciate that you choose ours. Quite right, old bean. This is Guy, and we're here to say that the MyMac Podcast is the right choice to make. Intelligent, cultured, and downloaded by only the finest and most educated people. Indeed. In fact... We restrict our delightful missives to only those best suited... Guy, I can't go on with this. Who are we kidding? The MyMac podcast is probably one of the most accessible shows there is. Gaz, we're trying to up our reputation here. Oh, shut it. Listen, folks, tired of tech podcasts that talk over your head and go on too long, taking themselves so seriously, you'd think they were the ones making the product? then you should listen to the MyMac.com podcast. At least three good chuckles per segment. If my math is right, that's about ten laughs per show. Right. Because three times three is ten. Sometimes I really wonder about you, Guy. No need to wonder where to find the podcast. Just go to iTunes and search for MyMac. Subscribe and jump into the fun. You know, we're part of the Stoplight Network, And there are a lot of important people there. Well, we did say we hardly know anyone important. Though there was that time I was less than 30 feet away from the Waz, and I could have sworn we made eye contact. Most likely, he was having stomach cramps. That would explain why he was doubled over at the time. The MyMac.com podcast. Enjoy it over a copper. We hope you enjoyed the show and we look forward to you joining us again another time. Until then, goodbye.